0: Hello, and welcome to I Am Dad podcast with your fatherhood authority, Kenneth Braswell. 30 minutes of wisdom, information, resources, and nuggets to help you on your fatherhood journey. Or maybe you're just curious and want to hear some real talk about fatherhood, family, and the minds of men. Well, guess what? We got you too. Sit back, grab your pad and pen, and maybe even bring a little something to sip on. Enjoy 30 straight minutes of fatherhood, family, and fun with the Fatherhood Authority. Kenneth Braswell
1: Welcome to I Am Dad Podcast, I'm your host Kenneth Braswell, thank you for joining us another Sunday morning for a great conversation I appreciate each and every last one of you um, for downloading I Am Dad Podcast, I'm sure you guys saw a few weeks ago uh, we finally got over 2,000 downloads in 7 months, that's a lot of downloads and our numbers steadily are going up meaning our average number of downloads a day continue to rise and more and more people are catching on the interesting thing though no one leaves any comments what's up y'all put some comments let me know what you're thinking i see the downloads but i want to see the comments so i can see what you're thinking but everyone that i speak to that i've listened to any of the podcasts um have enjoyed each and every one of you and i'm always trying to bring um, stories to the conversation we want to be serious about the content but i think that stories resonate with people and so where we can bring the stories of people around the issues of responsible fatherhood daddying and 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 parenting and relationships and all of those things um, to entertain you as well as inform you i think that's the best formula for us all and my guest today is no exception and someone that I call on often 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 to help me in this conversation i've been dying to get him on just been kind of like spinning um like we all do And many of you know him. If you've seen me, you've seen him. If you've seen him, you've seen me, Mr. Patrick Patterson. Um, He is the president of Global Partners for Fathers and Families Consulting, LLC, which is a national consulting firm that equips schools, hospitals, Head Starts, Healthy Starts, public and private sector agencies with the tools to authentically serve fathers, men, boys and their families. Um, Patrick has launched and managed community, statewide, and national fatherhood programs during his 20-year career, including serving as the contract manager for the National Responsible Fatherhood Clearinghouse during President George W. Bush's, President Barack H. Obama's, President Donald J. Trump's, <laughs> and President um, Joseph R. Biden administration. As an expert working with fathers, men and boys, Patrick has been featured um, as a keynote speaker, a workshop leader and trainer in 46 states, the US Virgin Islands and seven seven different countries. And we're gonna talk about those in a little while. Um, He's married to his high school sweetheart, Sharani Ashford Patterson. And they have two beautiful daughters, Peyton who's 16 and Lauren who's 14. Um, who are growing up quickly before my eyes. I still have pictures of them as little, little girls with my little girl at the same time. Yeah. Um, and they have both co authored two children's books entitled, I Love When Daddy Reads to Me and "Unplug: A Day of Family Fun Without Devices, which are sold on Walmart, Target, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and Books A Million Websites. has his bachelor of social work degree from benedict college which is an hbcu and a dual master's degree in social work and public health from the usc university of south carolina what's going on my brother what's
2: up kb you read the church rendition I'm like, oh, you I didn't really like the church, though. Yeah, like, did my mother church. send you that. That's like the whole. <laughs> oh, you need nothing about social. You got everything,
1: brother. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's a, it's all about the introduction. I've learned that you know the introduction's got to hype everybody yeah, up, yeah, and then yeah, yeah, then yeah. the performance is what takes them over the top. Yeah, but you don't want to leave no information, you know, until It's funny because when people read my bio, like they'll say, "Give me a short," and depending on when they ask me. I'll send them whatever I got. I'm like, listen, you cut it down to 50 words or 100 yeah. words. I ain't got time for all that. And then I'll get there and they'll read the whole thing. And I'm like, you really didn't have to do that. Right, right, um, right, right, You could have right, just right, said, right. hey, this is Kenneth Braswell and 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 I'm done. Yeah. And so, but man, it's such a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Um, I want you to actually be my first guest, but we just kind of just this thing just took off yeah. and it continues to take off. And I'm sure I'm going to have you back on because there's so many different conversations you and I have experienced this work of responsible fatherhood and fatherhood like no other person in my life. Like the things that you and I have shared is unique you know, to you and I, and we'll never be the same with anybody else. Yep. Um. I continue to believe, you know, that you and I are stewards of this work. We yep. have been stewards of this work, Um. that we are architects of this work. And then the same time that we're architects of this work, we're also visionaries of this work. Yep. And so, and Patrick and I, we don't try to run sprints. We're marathon runners. Yeah. Uh, we 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 just keep our heads down, not try to get caught up in what's going on out there in the country. Just continue to steadily move forward. Yeah. Um, how you been? And how are you,
2: man? I'm good. To be honest with you, man, this is a period of my. I'm 48 now, and I, like you said, I've seen a lot of things, man. But I, it's kind of like. I would have wanted you to read my whole bio 15 years ago, but now I'm, I'm good. Just being Sharani's husband and Peyton and Lauren's dad, man. Mm -hmm. Um, financially, I'm probably better than I ever been. Um, emotionally, I think I'm stronger in some areas and weaker in others. Mm -hmm. Um, And then professionally, man, I, I cannot say anything. And I'm sure you'll allow me to say this, but you know, God has been good to me. Um, I've been around this work for a long time and I've never applied for any job that I've it's 20 plus years. I've never like application submit. Oh, please. I hope they call me. And I just Mm -hmm. think about where my journey started and where I am today, man. The word that I use a lot lately is just grateful. I'm just grateful, Mm -hmm. man. My wife is amazing. You know, my kids are good. One is going to college. Mm -hmm. We'll get into that, I'm sure. <laughs> but it makes my heart flutter, man, because it's like, yeah, like you said, we were in New York and Zynga was sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade. Yeah, she How was young. She, um, she was in middle school. I believe she was. Yeah. That. And mm-hmm. they were babies. So uh, the older I get, man, the more I'm appreciating the opportunity just to reflect and be grateful, be grateful, mm-hmm. be grateful. So I'm good. I'm good. Okay, cool. So one of the things that we do, I just started this some months ago, and it's been incredible
1: just allowing people to do this because it sets the tone um, for the conversation. And I start off all my interviews and I know your story, but we just want to start here anyway. What's your daddy's story? What's your daddy's story?
2: Oh, man. Um, You've heard it. So you can mute or fix you a sandwich while I share this piece. (laughs) But my father, I'll start by saying my father still is one of my greatest influences. I call him my hero. Um, I grew up in a pretty regular community in South Carolina. Um, it was the projects. But my dad was one of the few guys that was in the neighborhood. And my dad's name is Pat. My name is Patrick. Um, my dad was not a very you know, vocal man, but you've met him. Um, mm-hmm. He had a presence. He wasn't large. He just had a presence about him. And so as a boy, everything that my dad did, I wanted to do. Um, I've told people I'm right-handed. My dad is left-handed, was left-handed. I wanted to be left-handed so bad. So as I think about what he meant to me and my siblings, my dad was a perfect guy to me. And then probably 14 or 15 is when things changed for me. Uh, My dad was a pretty straight-laced guy. During my childhood, but previous to me being born, he did all the stuff that we don't like to talk about, you know, mm-hmm. from incarceration to using to drinking. And as a boy, man, my dad was solid. I didn't know that guy. Mm-hmm. I didn't know the drinker. I didn't know the alcohol in I didn't know the guy that used. And probably around 14 to 15, my dad had a, a major issue where he, he I'm going to say, relapsed. And the guy that I knew growing up who taught me how to fight, taught me how to run a football, you know, made sure I had a haircut every week, made sure my brothers and I shine our shoes for church. People don't do that no more, but <laughs> shined our shoes for church. Um, the guy that literally taught me how to be a, a, a respectable young man at about 15, actually, um, he went he went backwards. You know, he had an event where he went to at his job was being celebrated. We had just moved from the projects to the other side of town on the mm-hmm. other side of the tracks. Um, my father was three job type of guy during my childhood. Never seen him like, you know, like people could say go to sleep. I never saw him sleep. I saw him take naps, but never sleep. And I'll never forget KB. Um, when he finally got this one job that took us from the projects to this this house, um, just how proud my family was. Mm-hmm. Um nobody in my family had lived outside of like poverty stricken areas. So we finally moved to a place called bonnerville Estates. <laughs> I mean to the estates. To the estates. you hear me? to the uh, the estates to the estates (laughs) um but he was a grinder my dad didn't finish eighth grade but if you asked him a question if he didn't know the answer which most times he did he found the answer um wasn't a very like rah 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 guy but if he said something he meant it so that's what i knew about my father that's what I knew about my father. And for me and my brothers and my sister, work was priority. Work was what he taught us. So I'm very proud and we'll probably get into it, but probably say that that foundation kind of rivals the second half of our time together when he was an alcoholic, when he was on the street corner, when he was going in and out of and during my, you know, teenage, to young adult years, going in and out of incarceration, mm-hmm. uh, those were some tough years, man. Those are some tough years for me because I knew, I knew the first guy, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so I never forget. You know the number of times that I'd be going to either practice or intern when I got to college or my first job, seeing this guy that looked like my father, but I said, that's, "That's not my dad." Mm-hmm. That's not my dad. So he inspired me. Um, one way he inspired me, I'll stop here, is I said to myself, because I knew how it felt when he left. I said to myself, if I ever had kids. I'm never going to leave. Because I knew the feeling. I saw my mom make it OK. You know, she found a place for us to stay here. We stayed in my aunt's house, my grandma's house, shelter here and there. My mom did all of that kind of stuff to make sure we were good. But for the most part, my father had his own story. And nobody really cared to hear his story. And as a father now, I think about what he must have gone through in those moments where he was seen drunk or seen not as Pat, but the guy on the street. That must have been a lot you know, for him to manage because people knew my dad straight up. My dad was a pretty well-known cat in the community, but that's a part of, I'll probably share more. I'm sure as we go through it, but that's the foundation that started me in this work was I wanted to make sure that men that I met knew that they mattered. And I think for my father, nobody really said to him that he mattered when he was going down, going through, nobody stopped to say, Hey man, what's like you started with, how you doing? Nobody. I'm sure nobody asked my father. How you doing?
1: How much of him is in you?
2: Oh, it's a lot, man. My mom talks about it all the time. Um, his his determination to get things done is 100 percent me. Mm. Um, one quick story. When my wife and I were pregnant with our first we we're in Delaware and Sharani said to me, she did not want to have our child be raised in an apartment. We lived in an apartment, so I will never forget didn't have the money but begged and borrowed and got the money up to get a townhouse Mm -hmm. and the closing happened faster than i thought it would and i'll never forget i had a blue ford expedition and we had three bedrooms in this apartment we moved to a house that had uh it's a townhouse but it's multiple rooms and nobody that i knew in delaware because we were new to delaware had time to help me so i moved an entire apartment into this house by myself. That's something that my dad would have done. Part ego, part pride, not wanting to ask for help. I'd asked a couple people and they were like, ah, I said, I'm out. You know how I'm built. Um, <laughs> and I told my wife, I said, we are going to be in this house. So days later after we got into the house, our first was born. So that is who I am. Um, loyal Uh, my dad was very loyal even after he kind of ended the run of using and being in the streets the guys that he grew up with the guys he served time with he was still pretty loyal to those guys and you and I work together it it doesn't matter Um, loyal to a fault is what I am so I think most of what you see every day KB Mm -hmm. is my father yeah so for those who don't really kind of like you know
1: know us you know we were i i have described even when i've spoken about you when you're on around i've always tell people that patrick and i was led into our friendship yeah like it wasn't like you know somebody said oh i got this dude i need you to meet or we weren't at the club somewhere or we didn't grow up with each other um you know i think our destinies were led um, to each other um, when I and I know I've seen Patrick before this particular moment but the moment that stands out the most you know for me um, is when I saw you in San Francisco or LA or wherever we was at that conference and I was sitting out in the in the Vesterview area between yeah. workshops or whatever um, and Aunt Patrick didn't know at the time you know I was there on a borrowed dime bro yeah. I got there I ain't had no money. I ain't had nothing to eat. I was just waiting for the buffet lunch. I ain't yeah. have, I couldn't go nowhere. I didn't even know how I was going to get home. You yeah. know, our good friend, Donna Linda actually paid for me to go to that conference. Yeah. And I had just literally uh, quit my job. I think I had quit my job probably a couple of weeks before then. Um, yeah when I was doing the work with um, the state of New York and God kind of led me to get back to Fathers Incorporated with not a real plan, or I didn't walk out of there with a real plan. And on top of that, I had just gotten married probably about three or four months before yeah. that, and I quit my job. <laughs> And Patrick just came up to me and said,
2: hey, yo, what's up, man? It's Kenny White. And I was like, yeah, we're chopping it up. And he said, um, "He said you just
1: left. You like, what are you getting ready to do? And I was like, I don't even know, bro. I'm just here trying yeah. to figure it out. And he was like, he says, everybody thinks you're going to the fest, but my people want to talk to you. And I'm like, yeah. who are your people? And he was like, yeah. my people said sent me specifically here to look for you. Yeah. And um, our friendship, and I won't go deep into where that has led us, yeah. But obviously it has led us to where we are. Yeah. And so I never despise despise small beginnings in terms of how and why God put people in my path um and the reason that they put me in my path. But I want you to talk a little bit about because you've shared with me and I know your entry yeah. point into this work as well. Talk to me about what led you into
2: this fatherhood work. I was it's a it's an awesome short story, but I'll tell you like the details of it. But I grew up in a community where my dad was during all this time. So the first job I had was sparked by a paper that I wrote when I was in undergrad at Benedict College in Columbia. And it was the difference between successful and non-successful at-risk students. Mm-hmm. And the research that I found, this is limited research. This is not, this is not Pew. This is not the this is <laughs> undergraduate turn into paper research. It said, and of course, and I I can't go without saying this, but ironically, man, most of the assignments that I got in college where they said you can write about anything you want to write about. This before fatherhood was what it is. I wrote about my dad. Mm -hmm. It was never, I still have writings, um, but I've written about my dad over and over again. And this research was indirectly tied to this because the result of the research was the the difference, I was considered at risk Um, The difference was a positive male figure in your Mm -hmm. life. So the paper that I wrote was, I got good marks on it. People saw the personal story in it. I told my story in the paper and it landed in the hands of somebody who was running a foundation that was about to start a fatherhood program. And I, okay, um, I was prepared to go to graduate school. I had enrolled at usc for graduate school and this guy was just now about to start a contract with usc mm-hmm. so who's patrick patterson who's i'm 22 21 who's patrick patterson who's patrick? you know we're about to do this fatherhood thing this paper speaks to what we're trying to do um long story short the guy and i meet um he runs a 85 million million dollar organization in my neighborhood which i had walked past I had driven past, I rode my bike past it. I never saw the building because it didn't stand out. Um, He said to me, we're about to start this program and we'd love to have you be an intern while you're in graduate school. And I'm thinking, I'm not a father. Like the natural question that most people who are about to jump into something that is obviously God's hand, you ask, why me? I said, I'm not a father. And the guy said, but you understand the issue of father absence, you don't have to be told what that is. Mm -hmm. So I sat back, you know, relaxed a little bit. By this time, I was in graduate school my first year, and I had about $75,000 worth of debt on the way. Mm -hmm. And the guy says to me, you know, if you intern with us, (laughs) (laughs) uh, we'll find a way to, to take care of that for you. So Being the smart man that I am, uh, in all seriousness, I I was afraid because the issue was so personal. And talking about my dad today, I could do better. But then it was still raw. It was raw. So I I would very rarely get in front of people and talk about him without you hear my voice change. You hear my breathing change um, because I was still hurting. In that same neighborhood where I was doing this internship, my dad was still running those same streets. So it was nothing for me to leave work or my internship and downtown and riding down the street at nine o'clock at night and to see a guy stumbling, it'd be my father. Wow. So I tried to, you know, in many ways, I think make him proud and also, kind of dispel. I'm gonna do better. So I was late. I was straight laced in college, man. I didn't drink um, mm-hmm. at all. My roommate, God bless him, I won't say his name. He sold the most marijuana I've ever seen <laughs> when I was in college, and I never was tempted by it. Mm-hmm. So as I've gotten older, that's a result of my father. Mm-hmm. It, it channeled something in me, right? So I didn't veer. So when I finally got comfortable, and you were responsible for some of this, K.B., I'll, I'll tell you the moment that it happened. But I was happy just kind of being in the background seeing it happen. But I was always very shy about my story because I was a little bit embarrassed. It, it, it hurt me, but I was also embarrassed because it's like, wow, what a guy. What a guy, and nobody's checking on him. Mm -hmm. But finished my internship, Um, the guy did what he said. Uh, When I finished graduate school and undergrad, when there was some student loan payoffs, man, I ain't got nothing for you. I have nothing to talk about, right? So in the middle of all of this, if you're hearing some of the journey for me, God has been controlling my movements throughout and i was the first employee at this organization to run the statewide fatherhood program in south carolina i was not a father but i got more comfortable embracing this is not mine you know this is god's and the story takes off from there um it's pretty amazing journey man but i was funding programs I was doing training, and then every now and then, people who would see me in these suits and they'd ask me. So, same thing you said. Talk about your dad. I said, no, 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 no. This is not about me, guys. <laughs> it's not about. This is my the blinders, right? This is not about me, guys. And I got to a place where I said, let me just own this. And the more I told my story. And I say this honestly, the more I started healing, Mm -hmm. I was hiding for a while, man. I was very ashamed. I was so hurt. Mm -hmm. Uh, And my wife, I give a lot of credit. Sharani was very helpful to me because there were days when I was in graduate school, my dad would call my answer machine and he would say, hey, boy, you know, because he would be drunk for a while, Mm -hmm. whatever. And then he'd be sober for periods. Mm -hmm. And he always had my number. He'd always find me at an internship. He'd always find me when I was when we moved to our first apartment. My dad could find me mm-hmm. and I couldn't see that he was still trying to stay connected to me. Mm-hmm. And the older I got and the more I had mentors and my wife, like I said, just kind of saying. Man, call you that. Call you dad. So I don't come from this. In a very academic space I mean like the journey for me has been healing for me as well mm-hmm. you know and it's i think that most of the folks in our circle
1: um got here the same way like the thing i love about um our circle is uh you know that in the midst of our friendships forming um that we have had a level up like i like i labor sometimes about like not having quote unquote friends, right? (laughs) And so, you know, I remember saying to Tracy a few weeks ago, we were talking about something and I said, you know that my phone doesn't ring um, during the weekend, like it doesn't, like nobody calls and say, yo, what's you doing? Let's go out and have a drink. <laughs> like, like, and, 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 and 90% of my conversations are work driven. Like if I wasn't involved in the work that I'm in, I would not have these conversations. And I said, and I don't know how I feel about that sometimes in my relationship, because I question my relationships. I question whether or not, um, they will live past my value in this space and in the the work that I do. I remember Patrick, when I did the um, documentary Spit and Anger, uh, one of the things that I said to Jenks, to what you just said is, um, I want to tell the story, but I don't want to be the story, mm-hmm. yep. right? And there's these things that you and I sacrifice based on what we went through with our with the relationship or in the relationship with our own dads, and how we have tried to write that ship in relationship with our own right. children. Yeah, and then how we've tried to take all of that information and navigate what we're now doing with fathers. Mm-hmm. And what I want to ask you is, you know. I often talk about triggers and things that trigger me in this work because there are these times where something will either trigger some mental area of trauma that is connected to me and my father, or it'll trigger some mental area of trauma that's connected with me and more specifically my first child, mm-hmm. Well, maybe even my children now, these moments where if you, I was to ask them on a scale of one to 10, how would they rate me as a dad? They might give me a two, Mm -hmm. right? Those, those, those times scare the hell out of me Mm -hmm. as a dad doing this, doing this work. How often do, um, your own relationship with your father and your role as being a father, Mm -hmm. um, is triggered within the work that
2: you do? Mm -hmm. Man, that was a good question. Um, I would say, and this is my scoring sheet. Um, my my kids they they really think highly of me, um, and so much so that I've had to get comfortable with how they appreciate me because it it you know it's interesting because most guys crave it, but when we get it, we don't know what to do with it, but Mike. Since I've been doing this work, I have been traveling. And to this day, you know, I get a warm reception. It's it's less of the running to the door, but it's daddy's home. Let's go get some something to eat or my, my kids appreciate me. Um, my wife appreciates me and the way that I embrace it now is different than I was when I was younger because I always felt like I need to do something else. Uh, I need to do more. I need to I need to get us in this house. You know, Uh, I need to make sure they get in the best school. You know, and I never gave myself credit. So even now, like I never call myself Mr. Fatherhood, but people have given me that title and I'm at a place now in my life where I accept God's anointing. I accept that I've been blessed throughout, but for many years, man, I have always been, for whatever reason, put in the front. And I've never asked to be in front. When I, was, when I played sports in high school, I was a captain. You know, when I've been in meetings, they've asked me to, do you mind speaking? And yeah. the true essence of who I am I am clearly an introvert that is okay being extrovert. If that makes any sense. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So my kids and managing what we talk about every day and how it works here, I now accept the fact that I'm doing the very best I can and that they appreciate it. And I have a hard time taking in accolades mm-hmm. um, and I'm sure it's tied to like my, my childhood because I was raised as a giver through church. Uh, my dad was a giver. He would have given his last thing off his back, shirt off his back, anybody. But I I don't struggle with it as much as I used to. But I used to struggle with it a lot because I felt like I need to do more. But my kids are like, Dad, this is great. My wife is like, thank you. I'm like, uh mm-hmm. I should've got them two pairs of shoes. Right. <laughs> now I'm, I'm better. Um, I also have had to learn how to rest, you know, as a father, because I I can say this is my dad. My dad did not get up with the sun. He got up before the sun. Mm -hmm. And so as a young man, Mm -hmm. you didn't catch me in the bed on Saturdays. Mm -hmm. Um, And some of that runs you into a wall at a certain point, particularly with the pace of how we're doing things. But I always felt like I need to be up first. Um, I need to go to bed last. and that's how I was raised, mm-hmm. but I think at this point in my life, KB as a dad, I feel there's always room for improvement. But I, I feel like I feel proud of myself. Um, my kids are great kids. They're normal mm-hmm. teenage girls, but academically, they're good. They've got their own businesses. Um, they're respectful. Mm-hmm. Um, I say, grateful in the beginning. I'm, I'm grateful to where I am now. Grateful mm-hmm. to where I am now. Do you ever give
1: thought to how um, your work and your storyline um, impacts those who, like, know me from way back when and are watching you kind of reconcile your relationship and your story and living in your story, but they still haven't resolved the issues that the same principles? And I'm thinking about your brothers, right? And I'm thinking about your sister. And I'm also thinking about your mom who are watching you like take this relationship that you had that wasn't the best relationship and have taken all of your academic learning and your life experiences and turned this thing as God would lead you to turn it into the thing that drives your life. And as you're reconciling it, do you ever give any thought as to how they're interpreting what you're doing and whether or not they're okay with it?
2: I think they're okay with it. Um, my family. I'm the third of four, and I have. Again, I'm an introvert. Honestly, um, I don't do well with a lot of accolades. But my family, when I come home, bro, they all at my mama's house. Um, how was DC? How was Delaware? How was Philly? You know, um, how was South Dakota? And there's a piece of me that would hold some of that back, because I felt like, why me? That was early on. Now I share it. They come up and we talk, but they're very proud of me, man. They are proud of, they knew my dad and our relationship. And they knew, I think, better than I knew. I was, my older two siblings were out of the house, so they kind of had that formative years with him. But I was 15. And it did me no greater joy than to hear my dad say, man, good job. Well, I'm proud of you. So that left when I was 15. Mm -hmm. So there was a period where I was kind of like, like, where is that voice? Mm -hmm. So when my dad and I reconcile and I would go and Jamie, my younger brother, both of us kind of have a similar story when I would go and pick him up or get him a haircut or when I'm speaking anywhere I speak, I don't, ever not talk about my father. Mm. Um, I think they're proud of that because there are their own opinions of him. But the way that I've embraced what he's done for me, I think they're all proud of my mom is very proud of it. I mean, anything that I have done in Columbia or surrounding areas, (laughs) uh, my family shows up, particularly on the fatherhood tip, they show up Mm -hmm. in big numbers. And I Mm -hmm. think it's because I have taken what could have broken me actually mm-hmm. and i've used it for good if not just for me my family mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so i i don't i don't think it's i don't think it's a bad thing but i've struggled over the years with being celebrated because i have always wanted to just be in the back i'm better now but mm-hmm. that was a hard a hard thing when i moved to delaware i was working in philadelphia yeah. Um, I was very concerned about my mom because my dad was still kind of in and out of his, you know, situation and he never physically harmed her that I saw, but he was always making threats, you know? Um, But I'll never forget when I left and came back and got a chance to see him like as a man. And my father and I had a conversation. I've shared this before, but when he said to me, son, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I mean, it 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 changed everything for mm-hmm. me, um, and well, I need you
1: know.
2: to go ahead. i sorry. Go ahead. And I needed it. I was just going to say, I think for me, my accolades in college, I was a poor high school student, but a stellar college student. Mm -hmm. And I think I was trying to prove something, Mm -hmm. you know, when I got to my first job, I was trying to prove something. And I think a lot of people who miss that piece, whether it's a mom or dad, you know, they have their own kind of engineering, how they're wired. And for me, it was, oh, no, 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 no. I will not be Mm -hmm.
1: like that. Yeah. But, you know, you are a um, honorable and admired person um, for your authenticity. Um, That's why I love you so much. Um, You are who you are. Like, there's nothing fake about Patrick Patterson. (laughs) Like, when he shows up, that's Patrick Patterson with all what you may think are his strengths or maybe you think his weaknesses. Um, You are, you know, who you are, and I love – um, that you show up that way because you are a mirror for my life in a way that in many ways you're contrasting to me mm-hmm. right so I remember <laughs> having a conversation I think it was with Shani I think me and Shani was talking about you yeah. one day and I said you know I said I said there is one thing that I'm extremely envious of Patrick about And she was like what is it like what is it I was like I said everybody likes him <laughs> Like, everybody likes him <laughs> And then I said, and she's like, "So what? What is? What do you?" And I was like, and "Like nobody." And I and I said this right like right out of my mouth. I said, yeah. "Nobody likes me." <laughs> I said, "Everybody likes him, but nobody likes me." And she goes, "That's not true." Yeah. She said, "The way that people see you guys are different," and she says, "You are, you actually complement each other." Yeah. To like really double up, and people are like, if it's like mommy and daddy. Right? Yeah. It, do I want this? I want. Do I want to go to mommy and get the soft, and I want to avoid dad, or do I want to go to dad and get the truth and avoid mom because yeah. she's gonna make me feel bad if I if I disappoint her? And yeah. like your relationship just works that way. Yeah. And it's so funny because I now filter like all of our mutual friendships through that lens. Yeah. And it's kind of like okay, you know, th- you know, but. Between the two of us, they just get to choose which one they're more um, comfortable with. Yeah. But what they do also know is not to mess with either of us. Right. Like, you just yeah. don't know. Like, you know, the depth of, you know, our relationship just goes into spaces. Yeah. Uh, you know, and we often talk about and You brought this up earlier, Patrick and I are going to Africa this year. Like I know like he's wanted to go to Africa. I've been to Africa a few times and I, man, out of all the experiences that we've shared, I can't freaking wait to share this experience with you in in Africa. But we have traveled before. We've traveled a lot, like our stories are endless in terms of like Patrick and I tell these stories about, you know, when we first got into this work when the money was funny,
2: but we weren't laughing. Yeah. <laughs> I remember checking in the hotels and asking people to back up. mean, you know? because I mean, <laughs> I was, hey, and before I had an app to check my account, the last time I saw my account was when I, you know, was at the ATM and it said $300. Now, why the bank waits until I'm about to make a transaction to debit that money out? I don't know. But you get to the counter and they're like, yo, you need to do uh, incidentals. <laughs> it's $50 a day for the final. like, hold up, man. I promise I'm not going to touch the water, the nuts. I ain't touching nothing. So that was the, <laughs> those, were, those were called the lean years. Remember? The
1: lean years. The lean years. Man, you was like, you was dreading that. And you didn't. this is what you didn't want to hear um maybe you might want to try another card
2: yeah yeah (laughs) i got one card man uh and i speak tomorrow so i you know
1: (laughs) um and then you know we also had the pleasure of going to mongolia Uh which was an experience beyond experiences um and even there we like share these moments of walking down the street and having because we were the only two black spots there until we ran into that dude in the building the DJ. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he turned around He said wait wait whoa 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 yo <laughs> <laughs> we saw a girl get hit literally Oh, wow, the floor. remember that saw the girl get hit um, people was touching us and looking at us as we was walking down the street. Yep. Um, all kinds of crazy things. But the most comical of that particular trip was when we was coming home when we was in Beijing. Yes. Um, and we're the Beijing airport. It's like one o'clock in the morning. These cabs are trying to take us to hotels in the Beijing.
2: $25 a night. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I've never been to Beijing. Kenny's like, do you know anybody in Beijing? I'm like, oh, but it's $25 a night. Now, my card my card could embrace that expense that night. And he's like, I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> I said, well, now that you say I don't know, you, you speak the language? I'm like, you know, those these are some good points. Uh, so, if I remember correctly, KB, we sat at a corner yes, back to back.
1: Back to back.
2: And we <laughs> <laughs> Cagney and Lacey, you know what I mean? We we slept like this and I'll never forget waking up and you weren't on my back. You were walking the airport, I think. Right, right.
1: It's like
2: four in the morning, five in the morning, but. Yeah. <sighs>
1: But man, that was a, that was some comical time. Did some all of, but the, the cool thing about all of those those encounters is that we always, as much as we love doing the work, yeah, we also love just being together. We yeah. also have other brothers that are in the circle that are part of this conversation. Yeah. Um, but what I've appreciated about Patrick over the years and you know, and David and Eugene and, and others James. that were part of this particular circle. Um, is the level of accountability that we held each other to as it relates to standards and who we were. Mm-hmm. Like, I can remember bring, being at tables and, you know, how dudes get when they, after the after the conference is over and then, you know, nighttime rolls around, they want to go do something and like, and me and Patrick, they like, what y'all going to do? Me and Patrick are like, I'm going to my room. back like, room. yo, I'm getting ready yeah. to go call Sharani and the girls. I'm getting ready. I'm getting ready to go watch, you know, our couple and then, NBA I'm,
2: basketball yeah yeah
1: yeah, yeah. i right, wherever y'all going y'all have a good time i see y'all in the morning yeah. um and we're not going but tell me what you you know one of the things that i have the pre- ple- ple- uh, pleasure of doing um is taking my uh, then 16 year old daughter um to africa um with me and it changed her life mm-hmm. and so and i'm sure that once you go this first time that the next agenda on your mind is going to be take your family with yeah. you and i want to make sure that when that happens that we're able to take our families together because i actually yeah. want to take my family back as well but what are you looking forward to you know when we get there
2: man it's been four years at least since you guys went and when y'all came back i can say this honestly y'all were different Mm -hmm. and at that time i didn't have the ends to go so but i have met probably 10 to 12 people who are from ghana specifically and nobody says anything far removed from you're going to be changed um but here's how I got the, and this was in Mongolia, actually. actually. The inspiration was there was a lady who was on a bus with us. She was from Africa. And she said to me, Where are you from? And I said, Oh, I'm from, you know, I'm a proud South Carolina. I said, From South Carolina, I'm from Colombia. I said, It's kind of like Southeastern. And I was going through the whole thing. She said, No, 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 no. That's where you were born. She said, Where are you from? Mm-hmm. And it was the first time I had been we were together, um, posed with that question. So she said, you are from Ghana based on your features and all this kind of stuff. So I don't know, I forgot what year that was was with Mongolia, but it it stayed with me. And so it has intrigued me for some time now. And I've met people from Ghana and you know a couple of them, um, Akua being one, who say, yeah, I could, yeah, I, I think you are. Um, so to now go and experience it for myself, to reconnect, um, there's several things I have no idea what they are, but experiences that you've talked about, mm-hmm. um, the door of no return, I think it's the last bath or the first bath, mm-hmm. um, all of those things I really want to do. And I want to be able to like quiet myself from everything that we do every day. To just take in the fact of kind of where our people, whether it's Ghana or some other part of Africa, where we come from. So I, I really want this to be not just work, which we're going to do some amazing things, but I really want to just slow my mind, my body down to embrace where we come from, our roots. Um so that's that's part of it. Outside of that, you know, you'll be there. I'm really excited about that, but the food, um, I want to dispel a bunch of myths that I've been taught that we've been taught over the years about Africa, because nobody that's gone to Ghana talks about anything outside of this is like New York City in many respects or a major city. So, um,
1: yeah, no, I'm excited. We're going to, you know, me, we're going to chronicle the mess out of this thing. But yeah. I get back. We're going to have a documentary between the yeah. two of us. I want to just to kind of talk about that. Um, as we get towards the end, I did want to, cause I'm, you know, I'm obviously going to have you have you back to talk about some other things that I know that there are things that people kind of want to hear from the two of us as it relates to the field of work. But as you're out there now, cause our careers have kind of come, I'm not going to say full circle cause I don't know what God's full circle is for us, mm-hmm. but I knew that I know that we're in a different part of the circle right now. And the part of the circle that Patrick and I are, are in right now is in this direct surface uh-huh. piece of a surf circle uh-huh. and that is working directly with dads uh-huh. on the ground like him and i have done the ta stuff the 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 the, the, the conference stuff that we've we've been there we've done that uh-huh. but and i've resisted and he knows i've resisted doing direct service again because i've been there done that and now oh, i'm yeah, here yeah. yeah and now I'm here and now I'm I'm'm I'm, I'm caught up here <laughs> like I, I I love being here like out of your 20-year experience like what is changing in how you think about fathers now that you're working with them directly on the ground than your philosophy about them um in the 20 years prior for today
2: mm. That's another great question, man. I think um, what I have learned and I try to impart to people when I'm doing trainings or just in my regular life is how important words are to men. Mm-hmm. So I didn't notice as much, but, uh, and I, I didn't say this, but like throughout my years with and without my father, I've gone through counseling and I've done therapy and I've done marriage counseling um and none of it's been uh, not none of it, but some of it's been just to like tune up but some i've needed like I, I was about to break i was stressed i was overwhelmed and so those things have helped me but in in those experiences but also in just getting more comfortable in my journey i have learned how important it is to say things to men like i see you brother or, good job homie um or I love you. So maybe 10, 15 years ago, I would have been trying to create a bang up flyer and we'd have had a whole room full of snacks and that's good, but a lot of brothers wanna be connected genuinely Mm -hmm. to men who care to people. But in this case, what guys have said about me that I'm grateful for is brother, I appreciate you. And every time I talk with you, you have a good word mm-hmm. or that you acknowledge I'm trying, you know? So I have found that when I meet men and we've been in prisons together doing work, Kenny, mm-hmm. with no batons, they know, nobody got a gun. Um, all you have is really yourself. And I've tried to lend my story just so brothers can feel like they are not the only one. And I've tried to lend encouragement uh, to brothers. And so that I didn't know, but I think that comes with time. And that comes with time. Where are we going to be in five years? Uh, well, I won't have any kids in the house. <laughs> Me and you both. You won't either, right? <laughs> Me and
1: you both. I'll be just on the cusp of getting rid of the last one, but there'll be no kids in the house.
2: Yeah. I think I'll still be doing something tied to this. I don't think I've, I, people have asked me and I've tried to do other things. Now, this is the base of all I do, mm-hmm. but I think I'll still be helping people. You'll be helping people, mm-hmm. but it may not be in a direct service capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, the stage that we're going to be on next, you know, I know what it is, mm-hmm. but it'll be in a helping helping capacity. And it won't be small scale. I think it'll be large scale. So, um, last question,
1: so both of us are authors and I'm so proud of Patrick because he has two children's books, we talked about that in his bio, um, two books that he published um, with his daughters um, to help um, in this work and really amplify the um, presence of fathers in the lives of their children. Um, But what Patrick hasn't written yet, which is where I want to see him in the next five years, and I have one, if not two, books that I also need to write, is your biography. Mm. Like I know it's easy to write the children's book, but um, I can tell you when I wrote my first book, "When the Tear Won't Fall," what that book has become for me is the answer to any question in my kids have about me prior to being born. everything is in there like mm-hmm. there ain't nobody there ain't nothing nobody can tell them about me mm-hmm. and about what i've been what i think that's mm-hmm. not in my book and so it's it's is in that book and my goal now is to write the second um you know i say second half of my life but this chapter of my life which is when i started doing this work mm-hmm. up until now um, so that they will also have in their possession um, my frame of thought and how I've functioned through these last 20 years of doing this work and what that like. Is that something on their radar? Is that something
2: um, you're thinking about doing? I have, I think I might have shared this with you before, but I had started doing it. Um, my dad died in 2015, and I had two titles. One was You Did It which is a phrase that my dad said to me when I graduated college. You know, he was not in the best shape of mind, but he was at my graduation, Mm -hmm. you know? So, and he said, boy, you did it. And I was thinking, this man could have been anywhere. And graduation is not like an all day. It's a certain time he was there. So you did it was one. And then the other title that I have written a little bit about is called Successfully Alone. And it speaks about, my journey, because as I went from the neighborhood to D.C. and all the places we've been, I have a lot of friends, um, but I lost a lot of friends, too, because people said, you know, oh, you're switching up on us. (laughs) And there were periods of loneliness in my journey because I would want to call and celebrate like, yo, guess what happened? I just got this contract. And then you realize, like, hello, are you there? Um, You're waiting on a, you know, like. My man, good job, Uh man, man. I got to run. And so there were parts of my journey that I was writing about just that path. Mm -hmm. And people say it's lonely at the top. I don't ever want to feel like I'm at the top. But in my journey to being who I am today, I've lost some people um, that I'm like, I didn't even talk to this person. I don't know why they, why are you not talking to me? Like what happened? <laughs> but I have gone comfortable and thanks again to my wife, realizing that what God has for you is is for you. And you can't worry about the, the people who are actually trying to pull you down. Right. But that has been, those two titles have been two that I played with. You did it and successfully alone.
1: Well, this is a book that you and I got to find your copy out to get you this book. This is one I'm actually. Oh wow! In, I'm actually interviewing this guy tomorrow. Wow! The high cost of men's success, lonely me at the top. Yeah. And so it is crazy because this book is no longer in print, but I was able to find it on Amazon. And the book actually came from the Queens Library library wow. in New York. Wow. And so I'm going to find you a copy of this book. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I have not started reading it yet. Because, and it's actually not even what I'm interviewing him on tomorrow. I'm actually interviewing him on his newest book, um, which is Why People Die by Suicide. Mm. And so it's one of those things, you know, given this work and the mental health of our fathers and particularly black men um, in this country right now that we need to have a deeper conversation about. But Patrick, give everybody um, the wins and where's and how they can get in touch with you and follow you and stay connected and all of that good stuff.
2: Well, I mean, before I do that, let me just say thank you KB for the opportunity to share, man. I I really, I love you. Uh, I appreciate you for all that you've done for me. And for all the people that you've touched, man, it's um, it's been a great ride. Anything that I've been successful at these last 12, 13 years, you've had a hand in. So I want to publicly say I appreciate you, man. But um, it means a lot. It means a lot to me. So website is GlobalPartnersFF.com. And on Instagram, PatrickPat803, PatrickPat with one T, 803. And on Facebook, it's just Patrick Patterson. You'll see me on facebook cool thank you so
1: much and um i love you as well and you know i i my thing with you is uh, more than me saying it to you i hope that i demonstrate it in your life each in each of our encounters and in each of my thoughts that's how i like to show up i like yeah. to show up but you know um as the great wizard of ours says um uh, 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 uh the do do deed of good or doer of good deeds that's what he yeah, said. yeah yeah you're yeah. a doer of good <laughs> deeds that's kind of who i am i just want to do good deeds i just want yeah. to be able to show up in people's lives the way god intends me to show up in people's lives but i'm glad that each and every one of you have also shown up for i am that podcast i really really appreciate each and every one of you patrick will be back we got so much stuff to talk about Let's go. so he's gonna be back and i might even have to call him in on being a guest hoaxed every now and then oh, uh, there's a bunch of people that you know i want to get in um, and have these conversations, this is gonna be part of my legacy to be able to leave behind the voices of the field and the voices that are part of this field. And I wanna make sure that all those voices are included um, right here. So thank you so much for thank joining you. I Am Dad Podcast. You can find all of the past episodes on com, as well as going on YouTube to I Am, uh, our I Am Dad podcast. Um, channel um we do both the podcast version that shows up on all of the favorite platforms as well as this youtube version because there's some people that like the visuals and not the audible so make sure that you share it share your comments and um have a great week. And i'll see you next sunday
0: thank you so much for taking the time to spend with us you've been listening to i am dad podcast we hope that you have been informed encouraged you to think or even inspired your heart for the love of dads The conversation does not end here. Come back and join us next week. Same time, same place. Or you can continue the dialogue on our I Am Dad Facebook page. We also invite you to listen to past episodes, learn more about us, and keep up with special activities by visiting IAmDadPodcast.com. That's IAmDadPodcast.com. Until next time, I leave you with this reminder of manhood from 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things because of this reminder. I will always understand that I am dad, period. period.